mom was genuinely so creeped out by it. it like she it was... turned you into a doll. Yeah, yeah, it did. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are going back to the questions that you sent in and also the hypothetical situations for us to comment on. And what's the other thing? Hot takes. Hot takes. Anything yeah. that you sent in that you thought that uh, perhaps you'd like to hear us uh, comment upon, mm -hmm. uh, it's here on the table before yeah. us. Yeah, we're into it. So we are going to, I think, launch right in, William. I say let's get right into it. Why waste any time? Absolutely. All right. So this first batch is from Chloe. Because another thing that a lot of listeners did when they send stuff in, and thank you so much, is that they did a bunch. They've yeah. got a question. They've got a hot take. Whatever. Um, so we got a batch from Chloe. Excellent. Um, Chloe, by the way, runs the Guide to the Unknown book club in the Guide to the Unknown Discord. Yes, thank you, Chloe. Which is so cool. Yeah, thank you, Chloe. Okay, Chloe says, Halloween 3 is the best film in the franchise because it does something different that's not just a copy-paste... No, that's not just copy-paste slashers. The plot reminds me of a Hitchcock film, and it has a great ending. What do I, we think about this? I think that's a pretty good hot take. Yeah. I think it's becoming uh, an increasingly popular sentiment. Definitely. The Halloween phenomenon, the Halloween 3 phenomenon, uh, I remember being a kid and and before you even really had a, a full awareness of like what a franchise is. Right. I remember people being like, did you know that Halloween 3 doesn't have anything to do with anything? Yeah. And I was like, really? Why would they ever do it that? It is weird. It is weird. But uh, now, coming so far into like thinking about just like franchises existing, yeah. it feels like a bold, especially for the third one. A bold it's thing not to like try. It's like the seventh or whatever. Yeah, right, and right, they're right. Just over it at this point. The third or the second. Yeah, right. Do the Michael Myers yeah. story and now just do a fresh story. Right. Or something. Yeah, it's true. It is. It is certainly weird. I'm not sure I've seen it. Really? I, I really, I know so much about it, Yeah, but I don't really remember having watched it. And I, I'm really genuinely not sure. It could go either way. If we could somehow fact check that, either one is likely. Fact check your life. Yeah. And be like, did you see this or not? <laughs> it's completely a 50-50 shot. I'm aware that you, you may have done something and you have no awareness of that. I know. <laughs> it's very weird. I, um, I, I will say for me... I, uh, I've seen it a couple of times mm -hmm. and it's all right. Yeah. It's, it's amusing as a curiosity piece. I right. don't think it's a very good movie. I think it's a baffling story. Yeah. Um, and it's amusing that it is like part of the franchise, but has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It's just its own independent self-contained story. Yeah. That's amusing to me. I don't hate it and it's I don't, curious, and I don't it love it. Like but there's been a lot of justice for Halloween three over the past maybe decade. Oh man. No question. I, I like the things that I've like literally seen from it. Like yeah. iconography. I like the masks. Yes. I like the masks. You know, yep. I like all the silver shamrock stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a lot to contribute. And I also love the episode of how did this get made about Halloween three? That is a classic. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. I like the title season of the witch. I do too. Halloween three season, season of, of the, the witch. witch. I think that, that that's a great title. It totally is. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that's about where it ends for me. Yeah. It's so amusing. Chloe, I think that you are probably in good company because this movie is definitely, there's a justice for Halloween three groundswell. Yeah. Okay. Another hot take. Um, Chloe is sick of the trope of, am I haunted or am I just mentally ill? 
which includes Mike Flanagan. Oh. Fair. You know what? I actually will say the same. I think that that is true. I think if anybody does it well, it's Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Um, basically in The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. That's where that comes up. It's not really a thing in um, Midnight Mass. No. And it's not a thing in The Fall of the House of Usher. Still haven't seen that. It's really good. I don't doubt it. I love yeah, I know. I love uh, almost everything Mike Flanagan has done. And I, I have not watched The Midnight Club, which is another thing that he's oh, done yeah. on Netflix. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I would disclude Mike Flanagan from this myself. because exclude? I do. Yes, thank you exclude him from it yeah um but i am in general very sick of this trope yes yes uh but i hear you i mean it could i can see why i would even extend to someone who's generally good but you're still like i just can't do this it's interesting right like i I wonder if there's like um like one of the ones that like do it right that would be interesting to just look at because at this point, it really I'm is... I'm having a hard time remembering even what does it. It's almost like a subgenre. I know. <laughs> at this point, it's mental so, illness horror. It's so constant. I'm having a hard time picking out something that's like, oh, the one of this. Because it comes up a lot. Yeah, tropey and familiar, well-trod territory. Perhaps on TV a lot. You know? Like, I'm thinking about American Horror Story. And there are definitely things where somebody is seeing something. And everybody thinks that they're crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, but it's like the I think I think of this as like the the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. thing, right? Like we can't tell if our protagonist is even uh, uh cognizant of what's happening or if it's all in their head. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very tired. Yeah. Very very tired. I this is I don't know if I can even consider this a hot take. I agree with this entirely. Yeah, I And I think too. I think if most people were were asked whether or not they enjoy this point blank. Yeah. I, I bet maybe there are a couple of examples that people would be like, this one's good. Yes. But by and large, I've seen it a gajillion times. No, I'd rather just yeah. like a character that's going through something and there's a material threat. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not just, not just in your head. And also, I know we've both said this ad nauseum. It's I'm fine with the character going through something. I would also like a little bit less grief and like horrific fallout from trauma and stuff yeah uh-huh. in my horror stuff uh, entertainment i totally agree um and also for this trope in particular am i haunted or am i just mentally ill i i find it tired and i also find it frustrating when i'm watching things like that i kind of just want to know what's what i know obviously that like I, you know it's enjoyable to have a little bit of mystery right a little bit vague um, but I think because it's happened so many times, now I'm at the point where when that comes up, I'm like, is this real or not? Yeah. At this, you know, I, it, it's I totally not really agree. fun for me to figure it out. Can we just get to the chase? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Next hot take coming at you from Chloe. Stephen King miniseries are the only film adaptations that capture the sprawling, insane nature of his books. Examples. It. Stephen King's The Shining, that's the TV miniseries, Salem's Lot, and Rose Red. Now, I have only seen It and The Shining out of these. I've never seen Salem's Lot or Rose Red. Neither have I. But it certainly makes sense, I think, this hot take, even just on its face, because his books do tend to be doorstops. Yes, they're very large, physically just large. Right. And I... um... (sighs) Like, The Shining miniseries, for all its many faults is certainly way more accurate to the book than the shining movie now i think the shining the movie is superior to the miniseries 
Um, I love the book, The Shining. I haven't read it in a long time, but I kn- I remember I've loved yeah, it. Yeah, I've read the book maybe like three times. I think I've read it ish. twice. Yeah, and, and I really I love the book. I love mm-hmm. the stuff in the book that didn't make it to the movie. Yeah. Weirdly, I think that the movie and the book are like two halves. I completely agree. They're both great. They're both They're uniquely just super great. Super different. Yeah. Based on the same premise. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah, that's an intre- an interesting one. I I don't know anything about Salem's Lot. I'd be curious to read the book and see too. the miniseries. This is a I hot have heard take. that Rose Red is great. This is a hot take. I'd be curious to explore. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I know enough. I know. I don't think that I know enough either to like really definitively comment on it. Although, like I said, it just makes sense. Like, br- like miniseries are going to have more room to breathe. Yeah, literally just space than a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't remember whether it the miniseries was kind of more loyal to the book than the movies or anything. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think it was because in the book, I think that. It's been a while since I read it, mm-hmm. but I think that it's I almost like hated that book. I know. I hate it. I, I've got I've got issues with it. Yeah. Up up and down, mm-hmm. up and down, and all around town. Yeah. But uh, I think the structure of it, the book, and I could just be totally wrong. I'm not sure. I think it was like here's an adult chapter. Now here's a chapter about the kids. Now here's there a chapter a about the adults. Now here's a chapter about the kids. And it was really an invention of the miniseries out of necessity. I think to be like. The first hour or however long mm-hmm. is all the kids stuff. Yeah. And then the second part is them as adults. Right. So they divided it in half by age. And then the movie did the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which is weird. They didn't bother did to. Yeah. The first movie is all kids stuff. And the second movie is mostly the adults with some flashback oh, to kids stuff. Yeah, but all I the flashback right. to kids stuff was new invention. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. That um, is interesting. I would say that if you're trying to get authentic to it, I'm not sure that either the miniseries or the movie mm-hmm. is exactly what that book is. Yeah, definitely. There, I think that there's more of that horrible bully in the miniseries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know well I don't enough. know. So, Chloe, a hot take that um, you're probably right about. I just don't know enough and I'm going to submit to you. It I'm looks showing like you my belly. And saying, you're right, please it, don't hurt me. It took like six years, six yeah. and a half years, but somebody finally stumped the chumps. <laughs> we don't know enough. We finally admitted we're wrong. You, Damn you, you Chloe. Found a, you found a blind spot. Maybe we should do like a literal Stephen King thing soon. Like take a look at a Stephen King yeah. book or show or something. I am curious about Salem's Lot. I know that I it's, would do Salem's Lot. It's yeah. been recommended to me many, many, many times. I know that it's a, a vampire thing, and they're kind of weird vampires. Um, they're not like, I don't know. They're um, not your mama's vampire. Emotional vampires? I don't know. I know that they're bald from... <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> vampire. Yeah, I guess. Nosferatu yeah. was a cue ball from way back. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they're not... Maybe they are your mama's vampires. Nosferatu was rocking that chrome dome. Yeah, he was. He was shining it up. Okay, next hot take. I don't like David Lynch. I loved the first two seasons of Twin Peaks. I'd go so far to say it's my favorite show of all time. But after watching The Return and three or four of his movies, I have to say that I generally don't care for him. What are your thoughts of Lynch beyond Twin Peaks? Guess what? Same. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I What's don't up? have the patience for it. Okay. As an adult, it's too weird. And I, I'm, yeah, I don't like what I've seen beyond Twin Peaks. It's too weird. 
I like that just as like a review. Three words about the entire body of work of David Lynch. It's just too weird. Now, to be fair, I have not seen whole movies of his, except for that weird Netflix original with him and a monkey. Right, yes. Uh, Man and Mr. Monkey or whatever yeah, he made. Yeah, me and Mr. Me and Mr. Monkey. Um, And I didn't like that. And I've seen clips of everything else. I've seen clips of Mulholland Drive and um you know what's the one that brings lost time yeah i've yeah. i've i've explored everything else and said this isn't for me twin peaks undeniably i think twin peaks is the lightning in a bottle yeah of 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 his work it, mm -hmm. it's like it's super i'm going to say this i don't mean this to be condescending i think this is just just true i think it's poppy enough yeah i think it's like riffing on very very comfortable flavors of things a detective show totally a, a, a supernatural mystery and it combined them in a really compelling way and with just enough of his weirdness and like esoterica yes. and stuff like i think that for me personally um from what i understand i think i like david lynch using a light hand in collaboration with somebody else story-wise. Yeah, like, uh -huh. He and Mark Frost wrote Twin Peaks together. Right. Um, for, for most of it, kind of went back and forth. But so there are dots of that kind of stuff in it without mm. it being the entire story. Without it overwhelming. And yeah. I think that I prefer that. Yeah, I can completely understand that. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, my own opinion. I, you know, there was a period of time where I really was like, because I got to Twin Peaks really late. Mm -hmm. I think you you had been uh, suggesting Twin Peaks to me for a really long time. Yeah. And I kept trying it and never got through it. I tried to watch Twin Peaks like three or four times before it stuck. Yeah. And I don't even know why I kept trying. Maybe it's just like, it's the legacy thing. I knew it was so beloved. Like I, I was like, deal. why am I not seeing what people are seeing about this? Yeah. And then finally it clicked. And it was literally, it was just like, oh, I totally get oh, it this now. Is awesome. And I'm down for the ride and I'm here. Mm -hmm. And because I'm so obsessive and I have that completionist streak in me, I needed to see his other stuff. Yeah. So I think I'd seen maybe a razor head when I was a teenager. <laughs> Ryan put on a razor head like, I don't know, three weeks ago. And I was like, Ugh. I love it when you tell me what Ryan's putting on. Right. What what a what a the variety. He has so much variety. I know. It's incredible. Last night I uh I finished watching something. I was like, oh, I don't know what to watch. And he was like, I know. Alexander. And I was like, Alexander, and he was like, the big one. And it was a, a thing on Netflix about Alexander the Great. What? I don't know. He also loves history. What a what a yeah, a lot of variety out of that guy. Yeah. Interesting. He keeps you guessing. He does. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, but uh yeah, a razor head, I remember just kind of being like black. Yeah. Ooh, yucko. We turned it off, actually. Yeah. And Lost Highway, there are a couple of things in it that like I think are uh, wonderfully scary yeah you know what i like the imagery uh -huh. of a lot of his stuff a lot like i love that shot that he uses all the time of like a car driving in the dark night and you just see the headlights yeah. and you see the road i think that's awesome um sorry i interrupted but yeah no i, I agree with you because like I think robert blake looks insane robert blake yeah that's that's specifically I, I, I what like i'm talking to, about yeah i like to look at that it's like what what is this guy doing in a movie why is he in like a, a party with Bill Pullman. Yeah, and not only that, but like materially what's happening in that scene where it's, I guess, spoiler alert for Lost Highway, it's an impossible thing to, to spoil. Yeah. 
But uh, Bill Pullman is at this party. He turns and he sees Robert Blake, and he's got like white pancake makeup on his face. He looks like a like a cheap ghost. Yeah. From like the fifties, he looks like Carnival of Souls. I was about to say that. Yep. Looks like Herc Harvey from Carnival of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> like the most like art house. <laughs> I know. But like. It, it, That's like his art house as I get. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, listen. It, 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 it's it's popular art house. But yeah. Yes. It, it, 1960, I think. Something like that. Carnival, Carnival of Souls. Just look it up. You've probably seen things reference this even if you haven't seen the movie. I would imagine. But it's a woman who is being followed by this ghoul mm-hmm. who's just got this white face. So that, that's what um, Man looks like. What's yeah. his name? Robert Blake. Robert Blake. Man. Man. Ge- General Man. Yeah. He walks up to Bill Pullman because he looks like a, a spooky. He looks like the Joker without any of the redder. He sure does. He just white face. <laughs> and he says to Bill Pullman, I'm at your house right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and Bill Pullman, like, excuse me? Yeah, you're standing in front of me, though. <laughs> I'm at your house right now. And it's that David Lynchy, like, maybe he is. What's yeah, happening? Totally. How is he? He's here and he's at my house right now. Yes. It's this invasive, monstrous, ghosty dream feeling yes i'm at your house right now and it's like wild his his stuff i think is wonderful for those little moments yeah in a way yeah twin peaks fills in the gap between those moments with fun stuff of dale cooper and you know there was a fish in the percolator like weirdness that's amusing yes and then you get a super surreal trippy ambiguous david lynch morsel but then also you get like plot moving forward in a way that you can understand. Yeah. As that's opposed true. to something like Lost Highway. Or yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard Inland Empire is very similar. Yeah, I never saw Inland Empire. Um, that was when he like he discovered like digital yeah. filming and he just like filmed it all himself on a digital camera. He got like or whatever. A, a camcorder from yeah. Best Buy yeah. <laughs> and filmed uh Laura Dern. Laura Dern screaming at the camera. Right. And it looks it looks very threatening and very frightening. And th- yeah, those like, things yeah. I I like to literally look at yeah. that kind of stuff. But to sit through a whole movie of that, I can just and for all I know, I'm wrong. Like I said, I haven't even seen all these movies, so I can't say like, yeah, I. I of course, think he's bad, I haven't whatever. seen everything he's done. Yeah. It does not. See, I haven't seen any of them in full, um, besides Firewalk with me, obviously. Right. Um, it just, from what I have seen and gleaned, it doesn't seem like it's for me. Yeah. However, I can absolutely respect all of that. I love a weirdo doing their thing. Mm-hmm. He is one of my favorite weirdos. And oh it's, yeah. Yep. It's funny. It's very similar to what Chloe said. Like Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows. Of all time as well. Yeah. Although they didn't care for the return. Um, and I ended up really liking it, especially when we did a marathon of it, watching it all in one day. I loved that. It like extremely benefited. It unlocked from that. something. We watched Twin Peaks literally from like dawn to dusk. Yeah. It was awesome. I think Allie was away or mm-hmm. something it was pre Zoe. Yep. And so Kristen came over first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and we put on Twin Peaks season three. I was wearing the same shirt I'm wearing now. Is that right? This happens often. <laughs> I wear like, I the be... same clothes. I mean, I could, I could say that about literally every day of my life. Yeah. But uh, we watched it because David Lynch always said season three, he thought of as an 18 hour long movie. Yeah. So we basically were like, challenge accepted. Let's check it out. Ordered some pizza, ordered some like lunch and stuff throughout the day and just watched season three in a row in one sitting. Yeah, and it was it awesome. Genuinely benefited oh, from big that time. experience. It was fascinating. Because I found it very frustrating to watch in real time, as many people did. I think it was designed for you to find it frustrating. Yes. And I think perhaps something is to be said for the fact that Mark Frost wasn't really that involved 
I know. Yeah, he seems the return. to have gotten. And yeah. it seems like he sometimes reigns in uh, some of David Lynch's like crazier or more out there instincts. Yeah. And I think watching it week to week, it suffered for the absence of Mark Frost because uh-huh. he seems weird too. Like he's got like weird cuckoo ideas, sure. especially if you read the Twin Peaks dossiers. But he also does have that like pop popular media sensibility linear storytelling which i very much appreciate absolutely um, yeah those dossiers i think actually benefit from it, almost like the same thing we were just saying about this the shining the book and the shining the movie yeah. it's like if you read the twin peaks dossiers from mark frost mm-hmm. and you watch twin peaks season three which all were produced around the same time right you can see david lynch's sensibilities more in the show yep mark frost's sensibilities more in the book yeah they don't completely gel No, but I have to imagine that that is maybe intentional or as silly as they realized it and said, let's leave it because this whole thing is so friggin' weird. Yeah. Like, it's just Just another oddity or whatever. They're they're like two great things that are very different from each other. Right. So this is, I mean, this has been a super long response because I can talk about. No, I could talk about this all day. Forever. But so I, I feel the same as you. Chloe yeah. I, I have not enjoyed stuff it seems like I enjoy him as a person I've liked his weather reports yes. or whatever yes. um there are lots of like little David Lynch behind the scenes videos that I usually really like yeah um I read his book and I really liked that um but yeah as far as movies and things like that I'm not a fan of really anything beyond Twin Peaks and even Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me is like a little much for me yes it gets into that I, I want to take a bath territory yeah. this uh, is yeah, d- yeah. disgusting to yes. me and, and repellent not in a good way no it's repulsive yeah. no, but I, I also I definitely like agree. I don't know. It's almost like uh, I remember um, in my artsy fartsiest days, Mm -hmm. I remember at one point being like, it's weird to me that you read a book and you read every chapter in a row and then you put the book away. And if you're ever going to read it again, you start from the beginning and you go to the end. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a movie. Mm -hmm. You hit play from the beginning of the movie, but with music, with like an album. You'd be like, I'm only going to listen to song seven. Yes. Right. Yep. And I, I still think that's, obvious right like the songs are all individual things but an album is a piece right and i was like it's weird that this is the one medium where you chop it Uh uh-huh you got chapters of a book yeah i really like chapter 13 of this book just read that but you never you never hear that no so it's just music which again totally makes sense Mm -hmm. but i almost feel like my experience with david lynch is not dissimilar i could probably watch youtube clips of my favorite moments from lost highway mulholland drive and be like I'm glad I watched this clip rather than watching the whole movie. Yeah, not I can impossible. Totally see that. I know. I, you know, I've wanted to not in years, but th- definitely for a while, I wanted to force myself to watch at least Small Hall and Drive. Yeah, because I think that that was maybe the most commercially successful. Yeah, that, of his that I think is the next beloved. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but then just from seeing trailers and whatever, I was like, I just don't want to watch a whole movie of this. Uh-huh. And um, uh-huh. I don't know, as I've as I've grown up, I've gotten a little more comfortable with more that. than a few great moments. Yeah. Mulholland Drive. It's been too long for me to give an overall opinion. But mm-hmm. I remember being like, yeah, this is weird. Yeah. All right. Got it. A few great things. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Something. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, and we have now a couple of questions Great. from Chloe. Chloe asks, which 80s slasher movies have the grossest kills? Grossest Let's kills? Let's think. I, you know, I don't like it when like a puppet body goos apart, you know? Ew. Which is why I'm going to say maybe Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. 
uh, a lot more of like surreal stuff. And I think of like flesh peeling sometimes or Freddy like crawling through someone's body. Ew. I never liked the look of that. Speaking of stuff like that, I don't like that alien that comes out in Alien. Really? I think he's gross. Huh. I don't like it. The baby alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too yucky. So gooey. I see. Yeah. See, I think we're back to our wet puppetry. Yeah. Yeah. Issue. I think. So I don't care for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Sliding about- gross prosthetics. I also think about Freddy, where he like he turns someone into a meatball and then spears him on the end of his. What the? F- what is going on in that movie? That seer, I still haven't seen any of them. I, I know that we've been saying forever that I'll watch them. And How is it possible never. that we've been doing this for so many years and there's still so much to do? I know. It, it hits me periodically it's where I'm crazy. like, our work is still so young and so new, our, our research. So much yet to explore. Yes, we've got to get you in front of some Freddy movies. This is crazy to me. He turns yeah. somebody into a meatball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is he's got going a, on? He's got a whole pizza. There's a whole pizza Is pie. it a meatball pizza? I, I want to say yes. Maybe they're supposed to be. But there's a whole meatball on I, it? I wouldn't be Rolling shocked Rolling around in the box? I know. I'm not shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like, it's supposed to be pepperoni, but the graphics look weird. Uh-huh. They're a little brown circles. I'm yeah. not sure if they're ovals. Okay. But they have faces, like puppet okay. faces. And he reaches out and he spears one of the faces uh-huh. with his knife finger and okay. it screams. And then he eats it and like licks his lips and stuff. Ew, I don't like all of the mouth stuff that seems to be going on in Nightmare on Elm Street. He's always using his tongue. Yeah, he's got that tongue. It comes Uh, out of that phone. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to to make you watch some Freddy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I would. I would. If there's anything that's not for you, it's Freddy. (laughs) And uh, I find that appealing. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Yes. Um, I would also say what's sticking out 80s wise, it's not really gross. It doesn't look great or anything, but it's one of those areas of the body, not unlike, you know, people have things about their eyes yeah. or nails, fingernails. Mm-hmm. Um, when the arrow goes through, not Kevin Spacey, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. His his throat. It's yeah. like, ugh, like I could like, that would feel terrible. Yeah. It's... Not that any of these things would feel fine, of but course. like, ooh. So yeah, sensitive. I would say like in terms of like pure aggression, I feel like yeah, like uh, Jason Voorhees is. Oh, up I, there. I said Freddy. Yeah, Jason. It was like a real nasty streak mm-hmm. in the Friday of the Thirteenth series. It's a nasty streak. It's a nasty. And interesting nasty that boy. I mentioned fingernails. Um, not eighties. I think it's nineties or maybe like the year two thousand. And Kevin Bacon. That movie Stir of Echoes has a really gross fingernail thing in it. Early on, people I don't have think seen I've it. Ever seen it? My Stir of Echoes heads know what I'm talking about. Is it's that good. Right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, yeah. That's good. I've heard that's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Okay, and one personal question to round out Chloe's questions. Sure. Were you guys friends as kids? Did you bond over horror stuff at a young age? Um, We were friends as kids. We fought, you sure. know, like siblings do. Mm-hmm. But yes, we were friends as kids. And um, a little, I don't know. I don't know that horror really... Yeah. You know what we liked? I remember watching... Um, Salute your shorts. Hell yeah. Oh. The episode with Zeke the plumber. Yep. Which I think is like the legendary episode of that show. Old Nickelodeon show. Look at these, you know, a a plumber who had his nose blasted off his face. (laughs) Something. It's been a a while since I looked back at it. (laughs) But I I remember, I remember watching that with you. Yeah. uh And I remember like sometimes, uh, I'm always surprised that like these things haven't made comebacks yet, but like Nickelodeon in the um, 90s 90s had SNCC. Yeah. Saturday Night Nick. Yep. 
where they would all sit on an orange couch. Yeah, it was awesome. And that then was put so on Are You fun. Afraid of the Dark and stuff like that. Those things I remember watching with you. But I don't yeah. think that when we were kids, I don't remember there being much of a an overt stated like, oh, we like horror. No. Yeah, that wasn't like our thing or anything. No. But like... I mean, we certainly liked it and would yeah. watch stuff together even as we got older. Obviously, famously, um, I spoiled Scream 2 for you in real time. Oh, you spoiled Scream 1. Yeah. And then... Oh, no. Maybe it's I spoiled Scream 1 and then you spoiled Scream 2 for me? No, 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 no. You're getting it all wrong. Oh, God. You spoiled Scream 1 for me. Okay. And then you spoiled Scream 2 for me. And then I'm pretty sure those were mistakes, but out of yeah, yeah, an yeah. act of uh, righteous retribution, I deliberately spoiled Scream 3 to you. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, what I was about to say, what I was thinking, is that I told you that somebody died in Scream 2 and their face looked like a cherry pie. Yes. That, that is classic. Yes. So and we... I was puzzled by that notion. <laughs> we certainly talked about horror stuff to each other, but yeah, it wasn't like, oh, Kristen and Will love horror. Right. I do think certainly... 96 is when scream comes out mm -hmm. so some somewhere from that start i think once scream yeah i think that's true the atmosphere of scream i think started to be kind it of changed something within us we became yeah we became yes we both like buffy i think yeah uh -huh. watch a little buffy together yep um so yeah it's like yes and no we were friends growing up had normal sibling spats and stuff and yeah we we liked horror, but it wasn't something that we like specifically bonded over. I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I don't even think it was until uh, maybe just before Guide to the Unknown. When do you think I wrote that scream script? Uh, I think yeah, like just before Guide to the Unknown. The scream. I, so a, a long time ago, I wrote. I just had a, a an itch. I was like, you know what? I like podcasting, but I still want to be a writer. Mm -hmm. What if I just write something, even if I don't own it? Whatever. I'll just write something that I care about, put it online, and see what people do. Yeah, I and, think it was even before Scream Four came out. Uh, yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. And so I wrote uh, this thing that I called How I Would Reboot Scream. Oh, it had to do with the show. Yes. Season two had just gotten canceled. That is what it is. Yep. So whenever that happened, mm -hmm. at that point, I, I weirdly almost did like an analysis of my interest Where in- Where we're at. Yeah. And the we'd State been of the doing- Union. This, is, this was the MTV show we're referring to. The MTV show. And we'd been doing a book club, schmook club. And mm -hmm. I think it was similarly around that time. I was like, I never care about doing this show. Yeah. Because it's so much work to read all these books yeah and i was like i like it when we do horror and then i was like i want to write horror and I, I literally was just like i'm gonna make almost a business decision i think all i care about is horror <laughs> yeah i mean like i always liked horror but like nobody it was never like oh Kristen, like the the horror gal or whatever it yeah. really was like we were doing book club schmuck club which was a book club podcast that we had and um yeah i we just started almost always doing horror books we knew that we both liked we're them. naturally gravitating toward just this yeah and then so eventually we were like why don't we basically just do this and i think on honestly like my engagement in horror and everything has certainly increased yeah because we do this show like i do love it you love it too but yeah. like it wasn't really as encompassing as it is now no i think because yeah. we nurture it for the show we named it and claimed it mm -hmm. at a certain point and it just felt right yeah and it's it continues Obviously to. stuck ever since. Yeah, I totally. mean, I, I love doing this show. And it is, like, it never gets old. Like, I think, so Will actually had the original idea for a podcast called Guides the Unknown, and it was a little bit different, mm -hmm. um, where Will was going to be your guide to, I think it was called The Guides the Unknown. He was going to be your guide to the unknown and explore different topics. And he had told me about it, and I was like, that is such a good idea. And then one day, 
Um, I mean, I thought about it a little bit, but I visited you at work at the time for lunch to talk about what? stuff. What? You don't remember that? Where? Um, in Princeton. We were both that working office? in Princeton. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Remember okay. I came and I got a good sandwich. It was a... That kitchen was awesome. What the hell is that? It was like a Cuban sandwich or something? Sure, maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, I came and I pitched to you like, so I'm thinking... I'm paraphrasing. I basically said like, I think that we should stop Book Club Schmook Club, but... I think we should do another show and we should take Guides to the Unknown and make that our new show. Is that right? Yeah. You really don't remember that? No, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, and you were like, yeah. You saw the future. Yeah, totally. And you were like, yeah, let's do that. And it went through some iterations as far as like exactly what it would be. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I mean, we only like doing the scary stuff. So let's only do the scary stuff and make it clear that that's what we're doing so people yeah. can find it. Yeah. You know? Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, you had the right idea. Yeah. So did you. Because Guide to the Unknown came from you. Yeah. Way before we started doing the podcast, I had, and I've tried to find it periodically, because I, I, I get I get very, very obsessive about like details and, mm-hmm. and data <laughs> to yeah. collect things. Yeah. So I had created this massive, massive spreadsheet of every cryptid, every haunting. I literally was trying to catalog every horror movie yeah. that had ever been made because I, and I still have this idea in me and I, it, it, God to the unknown could be a place for it, but mm-hmm. I haven't done this. I was like, what if, what if just for the rest of my life, <laughs> I tried to watch every horror movie ever yeah, made yeah, yeah, yep. and just see what happened. So I, I did all this catalog and never mind. know if I'd ever use it. Yeah. And then we started doing the show. I tried to find that thing again and could never find it. But I remember <laughs> I poured like hours into this. I thing. remember that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. For all I know, I did it under the account for this job that I was at. <laughs> you know what I mean? It got like, it got like deleted, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. so funny. All right. So before we move on to some stuff from Cat. We need to take a little break and let you know about patreon.com slash GTTUpod. William, tell the people. Patreon.com slash GTTUpod is uh, a wonderful, wonderful, it's a tool for us. Mm-hmm. It helps keep the lights on over here because it's yes. a place where you can support Guide to the Unknown. But it's also become a real playground for other kinds of shows. Oh, yeah. So uh, here, you know, on the main feed, uh, we like to do a variety of topics talking about cryptids and stuff. A lot of what the Netherworld Dispatch, our secret second podcast is, it's a lot of like reacting to recent news. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes we're playing a video game and then we'll just spoil it outright. So it's not really a let's play. It's like a full digest of like, here's what this Resident Evil game is all about. Yeah. If, if you've heard of this and you're kind of curious about it, we'll explain the whole thing and kind of show you a little bit yeah. and describe it. It's video and audio. Mm-hmm. And whenever there are video um, elements, we we spell it all out. So yeah. it's no big deal. Most people just listen. Yeah, that's true. And uh, sometimes we're watching like unsolved mysteries, a lot of looking at clips, mm-hmm. a lot of things we can't do on the main feed end yeah, up on the Netherworld Dispatch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, someday they'll figure out our ruse and I we're going to have to really figure something out. <laughs> I know. We should shut our trap about that. You're, you're probably right. Hour. I said it. You're, but... you're probably right about that. Yeah. But uh, there are a number of tiers over there starting at the $1 tier to support us, which also gives you access to our Discord where a bunch of like-minded people are all discussing... Any number of things, uh, uh, books, mm-hmm. right? Video games, talking about the episodes, but then our other tiers going on up can get you access to a show every month, uh, another world dispatch every two weeks. And then on our demon tier up at the top, you get an episode of the Netherworld world dispatch every single 
Monday. Yeah. So it's like doubling the amount of Guide to the Unknown. Yeah, you can begin and end your week with us. Yes. Mondays and, and Fridays. That's, yeah. Uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. we bookend your, uh, your, your, your work week. Yep. Uh, our most recent episode of the Netherworld Dispatch is episode 147, which we called Treasure Busted. <laughs> it was two, two, yeah. two topics in one. One, we tried to win money and it didn't go so well. Well. <laughs> and then the, the other half, we just talk about Ghostbusters. We watched the new trailers for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And it kicks ass. We watched the the, the U.S. trailer and the international trailer. Yeah. We really went ham on this. Yeah. Thing. Yep. So that's episode 147. That starts on the ghost tier. So if you sign up right now, you get that show and everything else that's come out before yeah. and new stuff going forward. But also literally today as we're recording, we dropped something just for fun. This isn't even part of the regularly scheduled rotation. No, this is just extra stuff for you. We had been threatening it, <laughs> but now it is manifest. It has come true. Yeah. Our commentary track for Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. That's right. Is officially in the Patreon catalog. What a blast. So if you want to hear us basically talking all over this movie, yeah. we let you know how to count down. We do like a three, two, one, hit play. So you can see what we are referencing if you want to watch at the same time as us. And again, same as what I was saying before, um, we've heard that a lot of people just listen to the commentary almost as a long podcast. Exactly. Anyway. So yes. You can choose your own adventure there. Enjoy. Uh, it's super fun. Mm -hmm. I loved doing it. By the end, I think Chris and I are both like, <laughs> I think I've had enough of this movie for at least a good long while. Yes. But so go check that out. That's all on patreon.com slash Pod. Thank you so much to everybody who already backs us. Yes. Anyone who might back us in the future, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, it's huge. Thank you. And it's you. so much fun to do. So we mm -hmm. hope that you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, now, also in astounding news. Oh, I know. I've got a review for you. Okay, great. And then, all right, well, let me just start with the review, okay? Great. This Apple Podcast review comes to us from Foggy Madison. Hmm. Title of the review is So Good. Ooh. I found Guide to the Unknown, immediately binged to catch up, and have been keeping up obsessively since then. Kristen and William are so funny, and even when they're covering topics I'm already familiar with, they always bring more to the table and make it an incredible listen. A+. Oh, that's so nice. Five stars. Thank you, Foggy. Thank you. I'm not going to say anything weird about you like I did last week with poor Heidi. Oh, poor Heidi. Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> Fan of your holes. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. The incredible news that Will alluded to is that we are so close to our goal of having 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. We are at 975. We are 25 reviews away we from would... hitting the level we've been waiting to reach. Yes, we would really love to get there. So if you have not reviewed yet... We would love it if you did. Yes. If you've already reviewed, thank you very, very much. Yes. And um, I know we're referring to Apple Podcasts, but wherever you listen, yes. it completely rules and helps people decide to give the show a shot when you review. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Dying to see that 1K. That's what I want to see. It's coming. It's coming. I can taste it. And so is some other news too. Yes. Very soon. Like in the next week, we're going to announce something to you all yeah. that I think is going to be pretty fun. I think so. Just too. a little, little thing to celebrate. Yeah, it is. Uh, but more on that hopefully next week. Yep. Okay. Now on to things from Kat. Yes. All right. Kat says, the marching brooms in the original Fantasia 1940 are creepy and scare me. I love oh. the music, but refuse to watch this particular part of the video. Interesting. The so brooms. like to that degree the is brooms. Creepy. Yeah. We That's... looked at Fantasia. Yep. 
actually while we're still on the the topic on patreon we looked at some fantasia yes we looked at disney horror stuff mm -hmm. what we focused on was, was the, the guy the demon yeah there's a demon in fantasia right that it's like called like the the mischief man of mischief mountain or something i don't even remember but he's <laughs> a good name though he turns dancing fire spirits into like boars and pigs and stuff and it was like all witchy and it's, creepy looking it's messed up <laughs> we completely yeah did not right focus on the brooms because mickey takes the wizard's hat yeah and does he make brooms come to life i don't know anthropomorphizes these brooms that walk around. I kind of think so, but I'm not totally sure. I, you know, I think you saying walk around just made me think. I do think they're basically using their bristles. They're yes. like parted and they're using them as feet. And that is really weird. It is very weird. Yeah. I can completely it's not nice understand. It's to look at. I, yeah. Fantasia is one of those things that like, I think for a certain generation when we were kids, we were exposed to this. Yeah. And I don't know that generations beyond us have been. Yeah, maybe been. not. I don't know that I would show this to Zoe. No, I, I, don't, I don't think, think I would. No, I think it's too scary. No. You know what? I wonder if I wonder if other generations might be exposed to it just because I feel like it's not. And who knows? It may just because in my lifetime or whatever, it seems to me that Disney going going to Disneyland, Disney World is at like its highest. It yeah. seems like it's at like a fever pitch of popularity. Yeah, it might be. And they have that theater with like the smell o vision mm -hmm. where they play it. So I don't know if, if everybody's flocking to Disney and they go to that little theater, then they may see Fantasia. They but played in home, a smell, a smell room. I think they did. Yeah. Did I think at least the Mickey and brooms part. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about that theater? The 3d glasses or smells? I think it was both. Really? We took Zoe to that. Where there's like bubbles and stuff. There is a thing where it looks like a movie theater and it's about Donald taking the hat and then traveling through like Aladdin and he goes through this like multiverse kind of experience. And I do think it was extra sensory. I do think maybe there was like a puff of air in the face and stuff. Okay. I think I'm wrong. I think that I did this with you and Allie. I don't think I okay. went when I went with Ryan. I, yeah. I don't think it was so... straight up Fantasia. Oh yeah. I didn't think it was the whole Fantasia. Oh, but okay. I was thinking that they showed the Mickey and broom scene. Yeah. They it. might. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that will that would be exposure for some people. But yeah, I don't know if parents are putting on Fantasia for their kids no, now. No, I don't anything. think I would. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. it's it's totally scary. And that part is free. So Stressful. I get that, Kat. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Kat also says, I also will not own a doll in any form. They creep me out. They're huh. too much Uncanny Valley for me. My Nana had a whole room of them, and I refused to go in there if I could help it. So our mom yeah. is extremely creeped out by dolls. Like she, I think maybe feels the same way about them that you do cat. Um, won't, doesn't have a doll. Well, not now, but like wouldn't have a doll was so creeped out to the degree. And it wasn't like your mom overdoing it kind of thing or whatever. When I was in cosmetology school, I was a model for hair extensions. They were terrible. Do you remember this? I had them for one day, maybe and I took them out. I don't remember. It was so bad okay so at that point my hair was shorter than it is now it was like a pixie cut and um <laughs> people were doing it was also the version of extensions that was what 17 years ago or something so it was really just glue in strips of extensions people were putting in my hair <laughs> they put them so you you hide extensions generally 
underneath somebody's part so you can't see them. They're just coming out from under your real hair. Okay. But because my hair was so short, I didn't have a part or anything really. So they just sort of had them in the middle of the top of my head. And then they just kind of like put them in layers going down so tightly together, which you're also not supposed to do. So I had tons of hair on me. It looked so awful. Okay. And um, mom was genuinely so creeped out by it. it like she It was... turned you into a doll. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was terrible. Weird. Yeah, it was terrible. I remember getting in the shower and using oil and just removing, oh, it hurt so bad, and just like peeling them all off. It was awful. I. That's so weird that it's about uh, transforming your head into a doll. Yeah, I would say in that instance, more than any regular extensions do, because extensions usually like, yeah, there there are multiples of them in your head. And you could certainly say, yeah, it's like doll's hair. But for me, because we were new and didn't know what we were doing or something, yeah, yeah. although I have to say, I don't think I would have done this. I don't know why they thought that this was the thing. They were like basically all over my head, yeah, these yeah, extensions. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was like I had a doll head. I thought you were going to talk about the numerous severed doll heads that you traveled with oh. when you were a hairstylist <laughs> because well, that too there was a period of time where and you kept a blanket in your trunk well the blanket was originally for comfort for my passengers in the back seat and then, that's a stupid weird cra- shut up crazy and then notion. and then it moved to the trunk for some reason i had a pillow and a blanket for people in the back seat that's bizarre i know right? but so anytime that your trunk would open i would see severed doll heads (laughs) they're mannequin heads mannequin heads like human sized mannequin heads i guess they're used for practicing haircuts and they're really expensive so if i took a a class or whatever and i was like a color specialist so i did a lot of color classes if they are willing to let you keep the head you keep that head because all you did was color it and then somebody else or you i just wasn't really into cutting that much can cut that hair now because they're expensive as hell so i was hoarding these mannequin right you're supposed to you're supposed to you should take them because they're so valuable you want to have them what you should do with them is let them rattle around in your trunk (laughs) so that they can just barely peek out from beneath the blanket the rumpled blanket and pillow that you also have in your trunk so it looks like a bunch of people sleeping in one sleeping bag together sometimes like the nose is peeking out at an impossible angle where you're like that's a snapped neck it was it was a freak show it was real it was real freaky deaky it was weird eventually made it out of my trunk it's weird stuff yeah you don't have you don't have that car anymore no i don't no um that car i would say that that would ping mom's fear of uh dolls no that's understated yeah mom is in the chat and said uh oh yeah those heads were terrifying yeah yeah no good uh when i say chat we record on youtube uh we record this show live every week it's on youtube.com slash gttu pod um at 7 p.m eastern standard time on wednesdays that may change so you're doing right now absolutely so you you could you could watch too as i am completely flummoxed by (laughs) Kristen's life choices (laughs) (laughs) how far i've come how far you've come head in the car no it's true just short hair sans freakish extensions yeah i remember there was a picture of me in an old old phone it could have been a flip phone with the extensions i had a hat on because i was trying to like disguise them for the night i remember we were hanging out with you sarah was over and everybody was just like ew what the hell and i like got them out weird um okay and kat's last hot take is and this is interesting i think this could be true um kat says technology always booms after a massive world altering event and then gives the example of world wars spanish flu etc yeah interesting that could totally be so is ai do you think in reaction to 
Like interesting. Yeah. COVID? Is that the next like industrial revolution kind of thing? You know, it seems like to a degree it kind of might be. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, this is again where I um, admit you've stumped us. Um, I, I fear that I'm not intelligent or uh, worldly nah. enough in these matters to really have any idea how to address this. I'm not either. It sounds right. Uh, at best, I would say that like AI it, it, could it just be completely exacerbated by the notion of like now everyone wants to work remotely and people are being like constantly undervalued and viewed as replaceable. Like the amount of layoffs that I've seen, Ugh. yourself included, myself included. Business Insider just did a ton of layoffs. Yeah, everybody's. Website, um, again, I, I tweeted this the other day. So it's like, many. I, I know so many people who are out of work and I see so many Teslas on the road that I don't even know what to do with myself. Well, I, I can't remember what the name for this is when you start noticing something after somebody points it out. Um, you, you'd mentioned to me before that you've seen a lot of Teslas or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, totally. Today when I was driving here, I felt like every other car was a Tesla. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I couldn't stop noticing. I, I know so many people who are out of work and yeah. I see so many Teslas. There's yeah. this, there's like a real rift mm -hmm. and there's this weird thing happening too. While we're on current events, I'll, I'll merely dip a toe briefly. Sure. But there's also this gulf that I've noticed where, um, uh, the economy, I guess, is doing a lot better than people think it's doing. Uh-huh. So, like, inflation slowed and, right. like, uh, I don't know, numbers are good. The stock market is up, so to speak. Uh -huh. Or maybe literally, for all I know. Yeah. But at the same rate, everybody feels like crap all the time, and I keep hearing about layoffs. So what is it? I know. We're doing well? Because it feels like we're doing really poorly. I know. And, uh, and like uh, they say that like burnout is at like all time highs yeah. because people are just like working their asses off yep. to just try to get like kind of a normal piece or like mm -hmm. a livable piece yep. of piece of the pie, I guess, or whatever. But like, yeah, it's it's a really weird situation out there. And yeah, I I think it is possible that AI is a reaction to COVID and yeah. people working from home. And also this is extremely morbid and a bummer. But our population dipped so much after COVID. We lost a lot of people. Right. So is AI, like we have less real intelligence. <laughs> yeah, you don't in the you world. don't have to depend so on humans. So let's bump artificial intelligence. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I will say know. something it's interesting, interesting um, about AI. I've also read some things this week, like um, people are able to tell when um, applications like Java applications are written by AI. And there's something... I think there's almost like software you can run or something where you can see and people are just getting um, like, what am I trying to say? They're like ineligible, like right off the bat. That's yeah. not the word I was looking for, but they're like, oh, this is an AI thing. Let me get out of here. And then also I saw that people are starting to get hired on Fiverr and Upwork and things like that to make something that somebody else generated with AI sound more human. Oh, that's interesting. So like, that's yeah, you could get the bones of something from AI possibly. And there are all kinds of like implications and ethical things to do with that or whatever but it, it's not perfect enough so it's you you still need that human element mm -hmm. there are so. a lot of there are a lot of like uh jobs right now one i, I feel like i've applied to i mean uh, dozens if not mm -hmm. a good hundred or a couple hundred of jobs in the last couple of years yeah and uh it can be really disheartening because you get pruned pretty instantly because i don't think yeah humans, that's kind of the word i was looking for a lot of the time now i don't think humans even see your resume that might be true. And a lot of advice that I've actually received is 
have AI regenerate you a new resume based on the job listing that you're applying for uh-huh. so that it references buzzwords from the job description yes. so that you'll make it to the next round. Interesting. Yeah, because the AI is looking for those kinds of words. It's like tricky to even get in front of a human. Yeah. Huh. It's it's real weird. But at the same rate, like you just said, there are a lot of on-the-fly jobs that you can do, like yeah. 20 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. to improve AI responses. Right. To make them better. Yeah. So it's like just like cheap human labor mm-hmm. to make AI better at replacing cheap human labor. Right. It's it's so... like it's like selling out your own species. I know. It's so weird. It's really weird. I do like I'm not like I definitely was at the beginning of it being a thing. I become less and less afraid of or anti-AI as yeah. time has gone on because I think that there are ways that we can use it as humans where we still have our humanity and our human jobs, mm-hmm. but it can make them easier or whatever. I'm still certainly AI, anti-AI, like just replacing writers just replacing people. and stuff yep. like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that I just came around to basically being like, the writing is on the wall. Yeah. This is not going anywhere. Nope, not going I anywhere. I need to kind of like accept it and maybe find a way that maybe it can be helpful and put aside my ego of being like, no, AI, no. Yeah. And like maybe, you know, it's like any tools, I bet. It is kind of like the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that when things that can, pulling this out of my ass, process food more easily came out, people were like, great, our jobs are going to be gone or whatever. But you find like, I don't know, they're just ways that hopefully eventually and jobs have been and will be lost or whatever, but like hopefully we can kind of work together a little bit. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre begins with them picking up a hitchhiker who talks about how his family's on hard times ever since the meat plants Mm, replaced the humans who would kill the animals. Maybe that's part of why with pneumatic guns. Food thing. Yeah. Uh And Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a is sort of a, a satire kind of thing about that kind of industrial progress. Right, right. The slaughter family, or whatever you want to call them, based Mm -hmm. on different continuities, um, they lost their jobs, and so out of desperation turned to cannibalism because there was no money. That's right, I forgot about that. There was no place for them in the more industrialized world. Yeah, that's right. That's That's like, it's weird. But like, I'll tell you another thing. Yeah, tell me something else. I finally tried to use AI. I won't, I cannot tell you what for, I used it once. But go I, ahead, sorry. I've toyed with it. Yeah. Right? Like, I've asked, like, the goofball questions, mm-hmm. whatever. But I really tried to materially find a shortcut for work. Yep. No, I did, too. I was working on something. Mm-hmm. And I was sick of doing it. Yep. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. It felt dirty. But I, I opened up chat GPT. But because what we do is so strange, I was mm-hmm. like... Describe this person being murdered and <laughs> make it violent <laughs> and gory. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to just copy and paste whatever they did, but I was like, ah, screw it. I need a shortcut for part of this. Right, right. And so I, uh, uh, it, it instantly spat back like, well, we can't do anything violent or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't even cheat. Damn it. I tried to cheat <laughs> for the first time ever as a writer. I tried to cheat. And, and the tool you. won't let me cheat because my work is violent and scary. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
God damn it. I can't believe the shortcut doesn't work for me. Yeah, it does suck. Maybe it will someday. It stinks. It stinks. The the last thing I really want to say about AI, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of things. I had I took a meeting mm-hmm. a year or two ago with a former coworker of mine from from Hunt a Killer who had some connections in like Hollywood. And he and I had been batting around a couple of like fun AI story ideas, yeah. knowing full well that AI's been done in horror. Yeah. A gajillion different ways. But I think we really had some good ideas. Mm. And so we hopped on a call with this guy who was like, yeah, I've been hearing AI ideas for like 50 years. Yeah, right. So I don't know. It's not really that fresh. And I was like, but these ones know that. These (laughs) stories know that you've heard that and they're even better. But there was like, there was just nowhere to go with it. Yeah, yeah. But I've got all these AI stories that I think still are awesome yeah like particularly unique fun good ai stories do it i mean think about how often like i'm not saying ai would become a trope like slashers but like there are a million things where you'd be like yeah i know i'm always getting slasher movies just do it if they're good they're good so like which is why my final word on the matter of ai is Mm -hmm. like ai can replace a lot of things Right, but that's another reason, as if I needed more, Mm -hmm. why I love Guide to the Unknown. Yeah. Where it's like, what this show is, Mm -hmm. is it's you and me. Right. And if you take us out of the equation- It doesn't, It's not the show anymore. Yeah. So it has to be this. Well, I think, I mean, who the hell knows, but I think everything is still going to have, maybe not everything, most things will still have human elements to them. Yes, 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 yes. And, or there's always kind of like- a backlash. So even us talking about like food process and the meat things what made me think about it in um Texas Chainsaw. Like there became such a like think about all of the it's a little beyond cliche now, it's kind of tired, but like the very like farm to table movement of mm-hmm. food and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there are ways to um like process meat, process food or whatever in a way that is efficient because machines or whatever. But people have come to really revalue that they know a real person is back there Mm -hmm. doing stuff. Like you see like hand done sausage on a it doesn't say hand done but shit does sound like shit i don't don't, don't don't want the hand done (laughs) sausage i'm sorry you picked the one food where i'm like the less human hands physically touching this thing the better i squeezed the meat i did it i jammed it into the intestines and i tied a little balloon knot Ew, Henry. No. Well, I was thinking that because when Ryan was a chef, he and did sausage a bunch, and it was a draw that it was homemade sausage in the back. Of course, I'm uh, homemade. Hand, yeah, hand, no, I know, I know. Handmade I know. sausage just makes me think of like f- fingers gripping and twisting and <laughs> violence and. I know viscera my god the viscera my god the viscera littering the floor (laughs) (laughs) rending meat from bone stuffing into intestine mystery (laughs) but no like hand done yada yada it's such a thing hand drawn signs yeah you know what I mean so like boutique boutique yeah. So the human well, again, I come back to in a lot of places will always have to be there. I totally agree. But that's why I'm saying mm-hmm. I think Guide to the Unknown podcasts yeah. that like a very direct thing. Mm-hmm. And again, as I did with uh, that Scream script a gajillion years ago. Yeah. Why not combine writing with what we're already doing mm-hmm. and make our own bespoke, maybe little stories. Yeah. That at least are ours. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we're just made. 
directly for you, yeah, the, totally. the listener out there. So that's something that I've been thinking about, I mean, constantly, yeah. is just going small. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I much prefer that. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, also, I want to say, when I said I used AI, I wasn't also using it to just write a whole thing. I had to um, rewrite somebody else's blog post that they had written entirely in the first person. Oh. And I asked it to make it written in the second person. And um, they it did, but it was also all kind of jacked up. So I had to, like, fix everything. Yeah, yeah. But that was when I used it. You will never hear anything from me or Will that was just, you know. Asking be, Chad GP to Hey, know. it would be awesome if we did a podcast where literally our entire conversation is scripted by AI. Oh my god. Every joke. Yeah. We say like we say like 40 minutes into this podcast episode, there needs to be a fart joke. Yeah. Drop a Seinfeld reference in the first 20 minutes. Oh man. Yeah, I think we're cartoony enough that it could probably do a pretty good job. I don't mm, <laughs> It's like, oh, we like yeah. scream. We like Seinfeld. You got me scared. We like toilet humor. You got me And scared. then it could just do it. <laughs> yeah, shit. You're right. <laughs> All right, so we are going to round this out with some questions from Stephanie. Okay. All right, Stephanie, uh, this one's for me mostly because I think that you've mentioned you don't read a lot. Not that you can't. No, stop signs, um, stuff like that. <laughs> Kristen, I'm requesting more book content on the show, please. What have been your favorite reads this year, horror and non-horror? And this was sent in 2023. Um, let's see. I actually believe, believe it or not, uh, like who cares? I actually don't read a ton of horror. I mostly read mysteries, which I, again. Adjacent. I, adjacent. I think the world of horror, I mean, yeah. not to go on my soapbox about it, but mm -hmm. like horror is more than just literally a scary monster to me. Yeah. There's like a whole vibe of, it, it is mystery. It is thriller. It's it's all these things it definitely in, in my is. head. Yeah. But if if um, we're talking about more like straightforward, like, oh, this is very clearly horror things, yeah. I actually don't read a ton of those, not for any real reason. But there were two books that are certainly more just kind of like straight up horror that I read um, in the last year or so that I really liked. One was called Tastes Like Candy, I believe, and it was by... Ivy Tholen, T H O L or two L's E N, and it was it was like a, it was a slasher. It was like a teen slasher, hmm. um, where they end up in a closed amusement park. Cool, um, which is very like you know typical tropey, but went down great. Sure, and it was written in an exciting way, um, also well written because uh, sometimes that can be kind of tricky. But it was like well written, realistic characters, fun to follow, and then another book by the same author called i think it was called either mall rats m-a-u-w or i think it was mall rats um and it was same sort of deal but at a mall nice yeah I, i'm i'm in way into that yeah that it was great, great. yes yeah, so that one was set in the 80s yeah I yeah uh-huh and um and yeah i really loved them um i'm gonna do the quickest it won't take forever yeah, i no, do no, take save my books that i read you do like a, a goodreads or something like that yeah i do story graph. i wish i wish i was more on goodreads and letterboxed and stuff i feel like that would be fun but i added them that's kind of, remember those like my new year's resolution yeah, i've already right. kind of fallen off but yeah. i have been recording some things yeah okay not that long ago this year i read a book called burn the negative okay by josh winning that is about um there's a reporter who 
was a child star in a horror movie that now people regard as a cursed film hmm. because all the leads of the movie ended up dying over the years after the film came out in ways that were similar to their deaths in the movie. That's cool. And she has been going under the radar. She changed her name and everything, but she was assigned to cover the reboot of this movie coming out for Netflix. So she has to go to the set and it's bringing up all kinds of stuff for her. Sweet. And I generally liked it. I didn't super duper love the end. And um, I think the last thing I'll say is I'm reading right now. Oh, here's another one. I read My Roommate is a Vampire, which was a rom-com. Okay. Very fun. It's pretty much what you think. A vampire yeah, yeah. put an ad in like on Craigslist or something and somebody responded and they're like, huh, this guy is weird. He turns out to be a vampire. Okay. Very, Very cool. Excellent. And um, right now I'm reading something that's actually out of my wheelhouse. But I'm loving it. It's really good. And I really wasn't sure whether I would. It's called Legends and Lattes. And it was a big um, hit on online, like in the last year, I'd say in 2023. Um, and it's like fantasy based. It's about an orc who opens a coffee shop in a town and then hires a succubus. And it is just cozy, nice. Really? Like it, I, I'm surprised to hear you say the word orc. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Have I said orc before? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Mork from orc. That one yeah. might have come mm -hmm. up. Um, but I think that it described itself as like a an incredibly low stakes fantasy. And I, was <laughs> I like, like the sound of that's yeah. awesome. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be too boring, but might it be nice to read something that's just cozy? Yeah. Oh my God, is it getting me? It's like really well written and it is. It's just sweet and cozy and yet not boring somehow. Nice. That's I don't great. know how they've done this. It's written by Trevor or Travis Baldry. Okay. And um, I'm loving it. And a sequel just came out and I'm totally going to read it. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'll try to shoehorn a little bit um, of book stuff in here when I'm reading something good. Yeah, I'm down with that. I, I do have to say, though, on the record, mm -hmm. of everything I've ever done, I don't think there's anything I regret more than learning how to read. Oh, uh, what a burden. Everything was downhill from there. You have to keep doing it, like, nonstop. It Sometimes never, you do it without even thinking about it. It never ends. Yeah. Okay, second question. Um, this, I can't really answer. I don't really know about D&D, um, Dungeons and Dragons. And I don't think you do either. Um, we're really showing our asses in this episode with how much we don't know. What class slash race slash character would you both be in D&D? &D? Yeah, sadly. And how would uh, you classify Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, and Ghostface? I don't uh, know about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I have no idea. And actually, appropriately, I read a review or something that said that the book I'm reading, Legend Lattes, is like good for fans of D&D. I, I don't know. It's good for me just anyway. Uh, so Orc. Yeah, orc. Oh, orc. Probably all orcs. Orc. That's why I vomit because I'm so nervous. <laughs> I uh, no, I've been I've been I've been invited to play in many many D and D games. Yeah. And uh, I always just sort of say to whoever is running the game, like, you just got to tell me what to do. Because mm -hmm. yeah. after that, when you're sitting at the table and it's like, all right, now you got to fight this thing. What Now what do you want to do? Yeah, That's yeah. fun to me. But I never understand the setup and I don't know the creatures. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know either. We'll have to, we'll have to learn and come back to some of these uh, questions. Yeah. Okay. Three, who is a celebrity you're currently obsessed with? Mostly for Kristen, but also I want Will to give it a go. Because I talk about this crap on the show sometimes, and okay, you, so uh, I'll go. You while start. You can let me think. let me let me think about what I've been looking at. Right now, I'm in a little bit of a celebrity obsession desert. Um, very recently, I would have said I've been really obsessed with Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade's 
are they, aren't they kind of thing. And if you are not part of the Housewives universe, Kyle Richards is a housewife. Actually, appropriately for the show, she played Lindsay in Halloween and then came back for Halloween Ends and Halloween Kills. She and her husband, Mauricio, are separated now. And she has been spending a ton of time with this girl, Morgan Wade, who is a country singer. And like, they look like a couple. They seem like like they're going everywhere together. You're not with your friend mm. that often. You know what I mean? And Morgan Wade, I believe, is bi. So then that kind of like, you know, it could very well be that they're just friends or whatever. But it certainly seems like there's a little something there. And on the show, Morgan Wade came on. And maybe it is just confirmation bias. I knew that this is a rumor, so I'm seeing it. But guess what? Most of the fandom feels the same way. Um, their their um, chemistry was crackling, the tension. So I would not be surprised at all if they are together. However, this has been going on long enough at this point. The rumors, and not just me talking about this, um, that I'm starting to bore of it. Like, I don't know, and I'm not getting an answer right now. My theory is that if they are indeed together, um, there is going to be a, do and this isn't a theory this part, there is a documentary that Kyle is producing about Morgan Wade that I believe centers on her journey of um, finding out that she had the BRCA gene. And um, that that is a gene that shows that you're much more prone to having breast cancer. And a lot of people who find that elect to get a mastectomy to kind of head that off at the pass. I believe this documentary is about that. I think it's not totally impossible that they are holding off their relationship reveal for the documentary so that when the documentary is released or about to be released, they go, boom, you're right, we are a couple. And now there's a big media storm and the documentary is getting more attention and all of that. I think if they have not said they're together by the time that comes out, then I think that they're just friends. Okay. William. Okay. And as I said, that's not anymore my celebrity obsession. <laughs> you guys sure can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you, you had some information. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. I've done a little research. I've looked at my watch history on YouTube. Great. That's a great way to figure this out. Yes. All right. So I've got one answer I don't think qualifies. Okay. I don't think Batman. You don't think it's a celebrity? No, he's not a celebrity. Batman doesn't count as a celebrity. Eh. Okay. The next up, do you know who Steven Tobolowski is? Of course I do. William, I was... This is weird. This this is one of those weird things. This is very so strange. I was just thinking about Stephen Tobolowski today. Why? I don't know. Something happened where I was like picturing him in Radioland Murders. Oh. Like hanging off that tower and being like mad and mean and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought to myself, why am I thinking about Stephen Tobolowski so much? It was while I was doing my little like paint gem art that I like to do. Yeah. I'm just sitting there sticking little sparkly things on a design about and thinking Steven about Tobolowski. How strange. It's very strange. Well, I understand why you'd be thinking about Radio Land Murders, especially as pertains to my interest in Stephen Tobolowski, because uh, there's a Super Bowl commercial where I guess he reprises his character from Groundhog Day oh, okay. buying potato chips. Oh. So That's your celebrity obsession? Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw him, he's like a character actor, he's in Memento, and uh, he's in a, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And he played Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day, who habitually, every time Bill Murray sees him, he's like, hey, remember me, buddy, Ned Ryerson? He's that yeah. guy. And so now he's trying to buy potato chips uh -huh. on the Super Bowl. How'd that go? You know, honestly, I watched it out of curiosity, yeah. and I think I lost... 
I think all lost my, I lost all my curiosity oh. within a few seconds. Oh, I thought you were going to say you lost time. Like you watched it and then all of a sudden you looked up and it right. was later. But here's why he's my celebrity obsession. Okay. I think that he's... so weird. I think that he's played his Groundhog Day character in multiple commercials. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. And it made me wonder what's going on with that. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess I'm not you... sure. Maybe it's always this potato chip. Maybe it's always Lay's. Yeah, maybe it's like I, Jason I think Alexander doing rolled gold. In yeah, the 90s. exactly. Yeah, remember that? That yeah. was weird. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, there were maybe, Super Bowl commercials of that. Maybe every few Super Bowls, Lay's is like, we're pulling Ned Ryerson out for yeah. another potato chip commercial. Maybe they just have a red phone that goes right to Stephen Tobolowsky. And maybe. they looked up and they're like, it's time again. I have no idea. It's happening again. He also, for a period of time, had a podcast about yes. being that guy mm -hmm. from that movie where he'd talk about his bit parts. And that, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So my celebrity fascination, the closest I can get to, because otherwise everything I absorb is about the Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> <laughs> shooting stuff out of okay, your nose I'm at good. me yeah. uh larry da larry david i saw a bunch of larry david clips yes william we were just talking today and i, I was saying oh did you see larry david do this and you knew all of them i knew everything yeah. about him on talk shows maybe yeah. larry david ousts that might be actual. Stephen tobolowski yes yeah. Yeah, or yeah, batman yeah. stuff because there's a new batman game and people are pooping their pants over it yeah it's really funny so uh yeah batman larry david and Stephen tobolowski are my celebrity yeah all, all men problematic problematic uh, troublesome troublesome canceled canceled um yeah i don't know if i have you know i think that the taylor wouldn't it be weird if i was like obsessed with <laughs> if i was like uh, i don't know who's who would be a weird person for me to be obsessed with right taylor now? swift taylor swift i'm yeah. hooked oh, no she's like still she's constantly up at the top of the heap it would still be unusual for you to be hooked on taylor swift yeah i guess i'd so. be because they're like what i was gonna say is i think it's a little bit for me uh, a desert of celebrity gossip right now because the world is so taylor and travis centric it is very heavy like every headline i'm gonna say something that. i've never pushing out all the stupid little minutiae that i usually enjoy that's true i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a hypothetical to you that i don't think i've ever said out loud okay if i was like who i'm obsessed with doja cat who's that <laughs> i didn't think you would ever say the words doja cat neither did i neither... i only kind of know who doja who cat is. is that well she's a singer slash rapper okay um I liked that she showed talking about her, her pubes on the <laughs> Grammy carpet. This she week. did. Yeah. <laughs> what? She wore like a totally see-through dress. Like the kid at the end of Back to the Future Part Three, <laughs> like waved the camera. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> no, she wore like a see-through dress that people were like, "It's an intentional wardrobe malfunction." You could see her nipples and pubes, but the pubes are what really stood out to me. <laughs> so I was like, "Good for you." <laughs> Everyone knows about that kid at the end of the Back to the Future Part 3, right? When Doc is trying to say heartwarming stuff to Marty, yeah. his creep child is behind, waving at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, urging the camera to come closer, and then just pointing at his crotch. And I have a picture of myself in, in Universal um, at that train that this happens at, pointing at my crotch. Do you? Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. So Doja Cat <laughs> did that. 
Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Understanding. Yeah, that's what I got. So out Doja of it. Cat is yeah a musical artist. Basically, the little boy from Back to the Future Part Three. Yeah, that's mainly what you need to know. Got it. I have to say, I, I watched some clips of the v- yeah the VMAs this year, like from like months ago, and Doja Cat's performance was one of the things that had me feeling old. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah I sense. I sense it's issues. come for me already. I know, but I know. yeah, it she, comes for me periodically. But recently, it's really been hitting hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, this last one could be long. I can't We're wait. Long. I, I can't wait. Lastly, how would you save the Scream franchise as it is at this current moment? Ooh, was going this forward? or this might question be submitted before everything that's happened? Yes, it was. Okay. This is from Stephanie. Yeah, this was submitted pre. Uh, Melissa Barrera being fired for putting pro-Palestine sentiment on Instagram and pre-Jenna Ortega leaving for schedule reasons or what question mark was already going to leave. That's what they said. Unclear. Yeah. And then the director has already left. So I think that Stephanie was just coming at this from the perspective that we didn't like Scream 6. Right. And so like, what would you do better? Yeah. I I think undeniably just holistically, we'll, we'll address the, the, the elephant in the room. But my first gut feeling is just about Scream as a franchise and like mm-hmm. the ebb and flow of it all is I think that the killer reveal at the end of the last one was the worst they've ever had. Undeniably. The worst there's ever been. And I love this franchise. I will take Scream 3 all day. And I love a slasher who done it. I think it's a great formula, but I think it's become way too familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they really need to shake that up yeah um because i i i don't think it can get worse than what they did last time it was quite terrible the reveal specifically right um as and far I think they as should, they should pay nev campbell give her that money she said she's open if she gets enough money yeah i'm always open to see her i don't know what the hell they could possibly do but if they announced nev campbell attached to scream i'd be like okay good I, i'd be happy for her yeah but i i don't know about the I just don't know about I this. don't know. I, I really, no I, I really, uh, the, here's the, the easy, easy, easy answer mm-hmm. is, hey, uh, Spyglass or whatever, mm-hmm. like make it right. Yeah. Pay Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Pay Melissa Barrera. Yeah. Pay Jenna Ortega. You back up that truckload of money that you thought you were cynically saving mm-hmm. by cutting everybody and losing all the goodwill that had been rebuilt with Scream 5 and 6. I can't imagine. You got to reach into those pockets and you got to pay these people. Yeah. And you got to bring them all back. Yeah. And it's not going to be a movie that I want to see. I mean, but I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um I I I don't Or they better get a cast full of such bangers that it's undeniable. I don't even know who that would be I'm pulling out my ass, but like it they're <clears throat> There's so much craziness about like the main members being gone yeah. that like for for people to get excited about it, you better get like celebs that people love. And it's probably gonna be that the kids love who I don't even know. Yeah, maybe. I, Here are I, some I, names of people that I'm aware are popular, but I don't really totally know what they're doing. Alex Earl. What? <laughs> Alex spelled with an I. Okay. Tate McRae. Um. Make up a name now, unless you already have. <laughs> Jackson Johnson. Okay. <laughs> I actually really like that name. Yeah, that was a good name. one. Jackson yeah. Johnson. Yeah. I like that. It's it's so unique in its generic yeah. qualities. You Jackson Johnson lot. reporting for duty. Right. On the screen. He's seven like 20. Set. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be people because they, they want to appeal to like the younger kids. It's be people who I don't know the hell they are, but that maybe kids will freak out about. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, I no, don't know no, what the hell you do. No, 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 no. I think if you bring Nev Campbell back, I don't think that you need Melissa Barrera. But yeah, I think the true. right thing to do is 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 repair all of this ill will mm -hmm. and pay these people. God, uh, yeah. But I don't I think mean, that apparently... the, the, the next movie needs the weight of Sydney and Sam Carpenter and Tara. I think that's a lot for a story. It is. I'm always open. I feel like there's almost a good way to do practically anything. Of course. Everything so... can. I like it when people use the phrase like, if done well, I'll like it. It's like, right. It <laughs> In your hypothetical it was done well. So of course so you like it. Why wouldn't you like right. it? But, but so I, I think you can throw a bunch of elements out that they'd yeah. be like, what the hell? That's crazy. And I then you could be pleasantly right. surprised. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to happen at all. No, Maybe with Nev Campbell, like but apparently um, Spyglass asked to have a meeting with Bel Melissa Barrera and she said no. Good for her. Yeah, totally good for her. And Jenna Ortega, I think that ship has just sailed. Because really? I think she, well, I think she, I believe it that she probably pulled out before all of this. They said that it was because of scheduling with wednesday okay um so they're apparently like they must it have could been... be true or that could just be a convenient and it thing. could be that she's just become a huge celebrity and she yes. wants to do something else. certainly you know i think i can i can imagine a world here's the here's the real unfortunate thing mm -hmm. i think the right thing to do is to pay everybody of course that they were very publicly uh uh disrespected mm -hmm. nev campbell and melissa barrera specifically mm -hmm. again maybe jenna ortega was already moving on mm -hmm. so i think the right thing to do is pay them but I think for the the best thing for the franchise, weirdly, is like I can imagine Scream 5 and 6 as its own self-contained story. Yeah. The conclusion of 6 sees Sam and Tara arguably walk off into the sunset together. Absolutely. It's the sunrise, right? Mm -hmm. But like that could be the goodbye to those characters narratively yes that could be a satisfying ending mm -hmm. it's very easy to imagine a fresh beginning from here and some of the 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 rumory scuttlebutt of scream fans on the internet is that spyglass not knowing what to do is just saying reboot i think it would have to be i, I, I would be I, yeah. very very surprised if mindy and tindy came back or whatever chad and mindy meek's yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Not Mindy and Tindy. Meets. Not not Mindy and I Tindy. Chad's please. name was Tindy. Tindy. <laughs> My favorite character, Tindy. No, I can't imagine. I think it has to be. Yeah. Just a full new story. From yes. Here. It yes. Has yes. To yes. Be. It, it, but just like from like a chess game standpoint, it's the easiest thing to do if you don't have Nev Campbell and you don't have mm -hmm. uh, Sam Carpenter and Tara. I think it'll always still tie. Like it'll all still be in the same universe. Right. Obviously, like Scream One Sydney through Six happened, but now Ghostface is attacking these people. Yeah, over I think here. it just has to be a new group of people altogether yeah i i agree yeah I, I i but again it's not something that i'm particularly jazzed about seeing unless they find the right angle and make it really appealing mm -hmm. they've already done everything i wanted to see happen yeah I, to, to bring this episode full circle in a way like i talked about my scream script uh one of the things that i was interested in uh doing was bringing it back to woodsboro which has now been done too many times mm -hmm. it's not unique to go there anymore right but i wanted to go back to woodsboro and i wanted to get into murderabilia mm -hmm. i wanted it to be that these a great idea these characters are finding the um the footage that gail shot of the party mm -hmm. that night somebody's collecting the murderabilia yeah lo and behold Scream 6 did that. Yeah. Brought it all under one roof like a museum. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get a little more serialized. What I was pitching was really more of like a TV series where it's like 
you've got characters that are standing at the grave of Billy Loomis and somebody has graffitied it, yeah. you know? And like, it's about like the, the sort of like the, the legacy of living in a town that's had a tragedy mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I, maybe you could do that. Yeah. Right. Make a show called Woodsboro. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's gotta be pretty different from everything that came before. I think so too. Because at this point, the movies have just about done like everything every big obvious thing at least i know unless you just tell a really really compelling with a really compelling lead mm-hmm. and just make a good singular story the yeah. star warsy drama of all these in- interconnected lives yeah it's it was already starting to wear thin and i don't want to see them tersely be like billy had another kid oh god you can't yeah. do that again yeah. please don't do that again but it's the ob- it's an obvious thing to do again That'd be crazy. Billy was all over town. No way. This franchise could just be about everybody who was associated with Billy in some way. I suppose. Sydney was associated with him. So you got the Sydney pocket. Yeah. Sam is his illegitimate daughter, I guess. You mm-hmm. got that pocket. Mm-hmm. Have some other thing that springs from a Billy Loomis connection. That's another way you could look at this. Or the Stu Mocker connection. Sure. Or stew. Or stew. Rise of stew. Rise of stew. Finally. Fine, finally. So that's stew. what I would do to fix it. Stew rising. Stephanie, rise of stew or stew rises. That's fine too. Yeah. Stew rising, actually. You know what you do? What? I know. You start it and it starts with the moment that Sydney drops the, the TV, TV on Stu's head. And he goes, I always had a thing for you, Sid. She goes, in your dreams. She drops the... <laughs> The fr- the the TV <laughs> drops the TV on his head, mm-hmm. and then she runs off to deal with Billy in the foyer. But what we didn't see was that Stu lifted it off. Then then lifted it off and said, "I must be dreaming," or like, <laughs> "This is my dream," yeah. or something like that. And then snuck away. Yeah. But weirdly, you have to film that with Matthew Lillard in his like fifties. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that de aging that they do. De aging looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I know I said the Irishman. That's an old reference for it. But uh, Indiana Jones, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, now oh. Stu. Stu is uh, running amok. I love it. The Rise of Stu. I'll always be excited for another Scream movie. Doesn't mean I'm going to like it necessarily. But I know. I, I always know. want more. So. I want it to be good. This is the thing where it's like you complain about something because you actually love it. Yeah. I want it to be great. Yeah. Obviously, I think there are opportunities to write a really good Scream movie. But I think that. I think Spyglass is being too cynical with the property mm-hmm. and thinking that the entire hook of it just needs to be Ghostface. Fire Melissa Barrera. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Don't pay Nev Campbell. Yeah, totally. The characters don't matter. The mask does. Mm-hmm. And the mask is a symptom of the problem. It's yeah. it's a focal point for the frustration of yes. the story. Definitely. And so I just don't believe that they're seeing what like what actually what makes it, what it, it is. Yeah. Good, yeah. Which I agree. is why I don't have much faith. No, I don't either, but you know. Yep. I'll always be there. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much. Please, if any, we we still have questions we haven't got. Send in to. more, though. So Send we'll in more. Yes, by all means. do this like quarterly. I know. Like a business meeting. I would love to. It's so much fun. State so, of the union. Yeah, state of the boonion. Yeah. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask us, just like these, like about 
movies and stuff about our lives, suggestions, any of that. Or if you have hot takes that you would like our take on. Yes. Um, or hypothetical situations. We didn't get to any of those today, but those are a thing too. Please email them to gttupod at gmail.com because we love love getting them so thank you so much which would be obvious by the longer than usual episode i I just love doing this yeah it's really fun you guys come up with just like really interesting things to talk about it's it's fun it's really fun you're all Uh, really cool it's true is the thing and uh from here uh go check out patreon.com slash gttu pod if you want some more of our corner of the internet Mm -hmm. uh back us we greatly appreciate it and you get access to the Netherworld Dispatch, get a ton of shows just for signing up, and new stuff going forward. Yeah. We've got fun stuff on the horizon already in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we already said, you got that Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 commentary that's it's waiting for waiting you. It's just waiting for you. There's nothing stopping you from making the rest of your day, evening, week, whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm going to rent Book of Shadows. Yeah. And play Will and Kristen talking over it. You can even do that with the original Blair Witch Project and then Book of Shadows, because that's there too. It's been there for few months as a matter of fact you can do that with all six current scream movies we have commentary yes. tracks and all of the twilight movies oh my god yes and i still have to put <laughs> our night of the demon tier yes but true still, yeah I, I have our night of the living dead that i still haven't put on the oh, patreon yeah, yeah, yet yeah. I, i'll clean that up but we mm-hmm. have a night of the living dead watch along yep but imagine this you're at home you put on book of shadows you know you're feeling good and not only <laughs> that Kristen and will can be like hey read the gravestone there's a secret of us forever right yes. now Boom. We are going to augment this experience. Forget AI. Who needs it? Who needs Apple Vision Pro? Yeah, you need us. We're here. We're here for you. Patreon.com slash Pod. everybody. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for hanging out with us. Follow at Pod on all social media to stay up to date with what we're doing. Yep. Follow at Chillin' Kristen, at The Myth Traveler. We'll be back next week for more weird, creepy, spooky stuff. Yep. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go. That's what it sounds like when you go there. Welcome. (laughs) That's the devil. Yeah. He's not as scary as you would have thought. He's funny. Yeah.